Welcome to a terrible football show. I did the yell anyway. I know I said I wasn't going to, but here we are. Uh, episode 31. I'm Alex Live Spark. You're having an incredible day today. Whatever day you're listening or watching this podcast. I got Shane here. Shane, how you doing? How you feeling, my friend? Pretty good, man. And then we have a new face. Regular show that man. Dude, that's true. Two weeks. Two weeks and a terrible football show is back. And not only is it back, we're going live. Live shows with terrible football show here in a couple weeks. We also have a new face here, right on, right below me, right here. Uh, his name is Ricky. How you doing, man? He was a guest on the last episode. Crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. The host of one of his own podcasts as well. Joining a terrible football show as a host. Ricky, how you doing, bro? I will take football for 200, Alex. Football for 200. Let's get it. Ricky, man, I can't I can't appreciate you enough for joining the show. Dude, you brought the you brought the energy last episode. Shane can agree with it. Everyone can agree with it. You were the king of the last episode. Like I, I didn't want to cut you off, but I had to. I had other people in waiting. I didn't want to cut you off, though. So I'm glad that you're joining the show. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling great. And it's like I said before, Tyler gave me a list that I could have used the entire show plus some for. So I just... Yeah, but anyway, no, it was great. I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be on here. Glad to be on a terrible football show. Let's let's talk some sports. Man, we're gonna have a great time. Uh, we're gonna have an absolutely phenomenal time. Uh, so, if you could, first and foremost, give a like on this video, subscribe to the channel, be a friend, tell a friend, and of course, go check out our website, Sparky3.com. You can sign up for free or sign up for five bucks a month. Totally up to you. We definitely appreciate that support. And also, shout out, it's on the screen. Hey, check out some Rogue Energy, the referral link down below. You can use promo code SPARKY3 for 10% off or promo code RazorE3 for 10% off as well. Uh, pick up some merch, Sparky3shop.com. Oh, and also, hey, shout out. You know, shout out to this. Got a couple new partnerships and sponsors to chat about. Not with Terrible Football Show, but hey, it, it helps the whole brand, and that's what matters. Check out Swift Grips. Link down in the description below. Use promo code GAMESTHETIC for 10% off. Get the best grips in the game. If you got sweaty hands like me, you know you don't want your hands slipping all over the controller. Get some grips. Protect your sticks, all right? And then also use the referral link down below for Red Dragon. Get a new mouse, keyboard, speakers, anything of the sort. Hey, I've been using Red Dragon for literally years. Shane can vouch for me. He's seen my Red Dragon stuff. He's seen the setup. I love Red Dragon. I'm so proud to be partnered with him. Use promo code GAMESTHETIC for 10% off of a Red Dragon as well. Uh, and, oh, and of course, the most important one, honestly, honest to God, most important one, join the Discord, because when it comes to these live shows that we're doing here with the Terrible Football Show, we'll be taking guest callers, and the Discord is the place to join. we got a channel set up for dra- for the for the guest queue. We'll pull you up into the show. It's your chance to shine. Come in, kill it, or don't kill it and crush it. We'll make fun of you as we kick you out. One of the two. I don't know. But either way, uh, definitely join the Discord. I'm actually going to be setting up like some like guidelines for the calls and stuff sometime here soon, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, but I think that's it. I think that's all the plugs. You know, like I already said, I subscribe to the channel, be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, I'll go ahead and start turning on the music now, and we'll kind of jump into some stuff. Uh, but before we actually jump into stuff, you know, this is just who I am as a person. You know, I feel like we always have to address in-house stuff when it needs to be addressed. You know, that's just how I am. You know, that's I, I want the listeners to know, be in the know, and what's going on to as much as they need to know. Uh, so, Tyler... Uh, will unfortunately no longer be with the Terrible Football Show, uh, at least for now. I mean, I definitely see a, a, a route down the line where he could rejoin. I definitely see that. And I definitely see him uh, coming on as a guest at some point. I definitely think that's 100% possible. Uh, we wish him all the best. Appreciate the shit for everything he's done. Shout out to you, Tyler. Hey, you're the man. Appreciate all the work that you've done here for a Terrible Football Show and help building it to what it is. Uh, appreciate you and love you. Uh, it was it was his call. You know, he wanted to step back, step away. And like I said, if, he, if things work out uh, on both ends where he can rejoin later, Cool. If it doesn't, hey, obviously wish him all the well. Uh, thank you for the support because I know he'll keep listening to us, keep supporting us, supporting the brand. You know, he's a great dude. So definitely appreciate everything that he's done up to this point. Uh, but with that said, let's talk some football. 
Let's talk some football. Uh, so the big thing that we're going to be chatting about today, boys, is we're going to be chatting about the college football realignment, the, the massive one that's happening before our very eyes, and there's so many other moves that could happen. That's the main topic for today. But before we get into that, let's do a couple of little quit hits uh, that's happening in the, on the pro side of things. So first and foremost, Shane, you know, how, how you feeling? You lost, out on, uh, you lost out on Baker there, bud. How do you yeah. feel knowing that Seattle is in full tank mode? Because they are in full tank mode. <laughs> You know, that's why I'm not wearing Seattle stuff right now. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, do I think it's the right time to rebuild? No. I mean, we've got Pete Carroll that's dust when it comes to age right now. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. He'll, you know, honestly, I see the next four years going badly, and then Pete Carroll will just kind of ride off into the sunset mm-hmm. as retirement, and then – We'll see what goes from there. Um, but as far as Baker, I was really – I think he wouldn't have helped Seattle extensively, but I think he could have been a great two-year bridge quarterback for them to get somebody in there, um, you know, this offseason or this upcoming offseason, um, whether it be through the draft, whether it's like Bryce Young or somebody like that, because we all know Seattle's going to be a bottom three team. Oh, yeah, they're probably They're going to take a quarterback top three. Dude, they're going for that number even, one pick. You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. Um, and even then, like, even though I still don't think any quarterbacks first round worthy, um, up to this moment, yes, we haven't seen them anybody play. Um, of course, for so the season hasn't started yet. But as far as last year, I still don't think any quarterbacks first round worthy in this upcoming draft. Um, that's a hot take. Yeah, I mean that's that's just my opinion. Uh, you, don't think Bryce, you don't think Bryce Young is going to be good enough to be a first-round pick? Are you out of your mind, Shane? Nope. He is going to be the best <laughs> thing that's going to be coming out of this next year's track. Bryce Young's going to be the dude. And you know, oh, hey, man. hey, hey, I, hey! Don't don't sleep on TVD. Don't sleep on my boy. If he comes I out, think, I hope he does. I, I <laughs> think there will be quarterbacks that will be taken high in the in the draft. Don't get me wrong; they will end up technically being first-round talent. Do I think that it's going to equivalent to what their talent is right now? No, because right now with Bryce Young, it's the same thing with every Alabama quarterback, right? It's, yes, you're playing really well. You look like a great quarterback, but you have the best of the best talent around you. What can you do with less, right? So as far as like a K.J. Jefferson or um, – the quarterback that Oklahoma got from USF or UCF. Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel's a beast. Yeah. He's a yeah, lefty, like though. Those quarterbacks, squ- I'm more excited for teams. those quarterbacks because they've proven they can put up the, the numbers, just like Bryce Young, with less talent. Because what is Bryce Young going to be able to do if he goes to a Seattle or a team that's in the bottom five of the league next year that doesn't have the talent that he's used to the, of comparison of Alabama? I mean, that's what I'm kind of going off right now. And that's why I don't think there's any other quarterbacks that's really first round worthy. Now again, things can change throughout the season. Um, you know, if he if he goes out and has a fifty touchdown year, throws for five thousand yards and ten interceptions, regardless of what that is, yeah, that'll definitely be first round talent worthy because that's fucking insane numbers. But we're gonna have to wait and see. I will say, okay, I can I can I can kind of pick up what you're putting down in some capacities. Of like, there. Look, let me stress this. There's going to be a lot of first round quarterbacks next year. All right, like I'm actually thinking there's going to be five, at least five quarterbacks going in the first round, and potentially three of them going in the top ten. 
there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement, a lot more than obviously it was this year. But I, I can see what you're saying in some capacity of where they're going to go first, but like, are they going to pan out to be that first? You know what I mean? Like, you know, on paper, they have all the talent in the world. Uh, they, they do. I mean, we've seen that time and time again of guys come in and have all the talent in the world, be that first-round talent, and then just not work out. So, I, if, they, if you know, referring to that, I can definitely see what you mean. I can definitely pick up what you're putting down. And we'll just yeah, have to see. I mean, by the numbers, these guys are first-round talents. Yep. Right, by the numbers. You know, the top five, six quarterbacks in, in the in college football right now, yes, by numbers, they're, they're first-round talents. But how is the basis of their quarterback skills, right? Because when you go into the NFL, the NFL combine and things like that, they break you down. I mean, it goes from hand size to fundamentals to how you're coming off your your um like your waist. Like, are you properly properly distributing your weight when you're releasing the ball? Are you releasing at the right point? Like all of these little bitty fundamental things come into handy. And at a quarterback that at the time is going to get drafted 20, 21, 22 years old. It's very hard to change those fundamentals um, to the proper fundamentals when you're so used to throwing the ball at the same time every single time, especially when he's been doing it already for 20 years. Yeah, and in some cases, if it works, it works. I mean, look at Phillip Rivers and his weird release that he does. I I, I can't throw like Phillip Rivers. He throws weird. Anyway, what were you going to say, Ricky? No, I was just going to say, well, it also depends on who's actually going to need quarterbacks next year. I mean, if you look at it, if from if you just look at it from the standpoint of this past season, all right. So Tom Brady, no one knows what Tom Tom Brady's going to do now because you know he retired, but he's coming out of retirement. He's probably going to pull into the Brett Favre. Who who knows? But you're going to have to have somebody that's going to back him up. Somebody's going to have to bring him up because if you don't get a quarterback early, who's going to replace this guy? I know there's a ton of quarterbacks around the league, but if you think about it, Shane, besides Seattle, um, maybe. Um, I'm trying to think of another team. Maybe Houston. I There's think really Houston's a lot of one. a lot of teams are really set at their quarterback position right now. So if I'm a Seattle, or if even if I'm Tampa, or if I'm Indianapolis, because Indianapolis uh, Indianapolis is probably going to need a quarterback. Um, I, I've, if I get Bry- Bryce Young or any of these young talents that are coming up, I'm taking them. I don't care if 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 you have to develop them, sort of like how Jordan Love's being developed with Green Bay. The reason they took Jordan Love was because of this situation. They knew Aaron Rodgers' contract was going to come up. They did not know what he was going to do. And ultimately, he stayed with Green Bay, which was a shock to me. I thought he was I thought he was going to sell for Denver before Russell Wilson. Yeah, did. same. Yeah, no, yeah, I will say we, can... we've chatted about this before. Because of how things have played out where, you know, he came off one of his worst seasons, they draft Jordan, and then he has back-to-back MVPs. And now he's got a contract extension. We've chatted about this on the show on this show before. Jordan Love is looking like one of the worst draft picks the Packers could have ever made. <laughs> like I'm being legit. It re- like le- the, like it was a waste of a first round draft pick. I mean, I yeah. I agree, and that's and that along with what Ricky says, even I think even backs up what I said. Right, with not very many teams necessarily wanting a quarterback right now because they they either recently drafted one or recently traded for one. That except for teams like he said, like Indianapolis, Seattle. Um, maybe even Denver may even look be looking into one because Russell Wilson, we don't know what he's gonna look like. Last year wasn't his best year. He w- he still looked good, but he's also getting up there in age. So they may be looking for a quarterback. Um, may hopefully not too early. But even then, why waste a first round quarterback when you know that he's gonna be sitting on the bench for two three years? Especially when you when since not a lot of people are wanting a quarterback right now, you very well could have that quarterback slide into the second third round and get defensive or an offensive lineman or a skill position that you will help your team right now. 
And the reason is, Shane, is so that way that quarterback is ready to take over. Because we're talking about quarterbacks. You got to think, guys, we're about to we're about to hit this era where all the quarterbacks we've watched growing up as kids are all going to be gone. Think about it. Drew Brees is gone already. Tom Brady is going to be gone before too long. Big Ben, gone. Aaron Rodgers, he might play on his contract this side. He's done. We're, we're at this era now of younger quarterbacks that are going to have to take over in the league. Who else is going to take over? Nobody. You, you've got to develop these guys. That's why, that's why I disagree with you to a certain extent, Shane. Is, is like I said, if I, I, I don't care who it is. If I, if I get a chance to get Bryce Young and I'm prepared for my future, if I'm Jerry Jones and I have a chance to get Bryce Young, you think I'm going to take him to back up Dak Prescott? Absolutely. Because he's going to prepare for the future. Relax. I think right now, I think right now we're kind of, kind of arguing different sides of the same, of the same disagreement here. Right. I'm not saying that not to take a quarterback. I'm just saying, don't take a quarterback that may not be necessarily valued our first round pick to take, to, to waste that pick there when you can very well get better value at him in a second and third round, still having for two, three years developed him, but yet still be able to get a player to help your team in the first round. Like, like much like this year, like an agent, like an agent, uh, Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker or sauce Gardner or somebody like that, get them then. And then the, that first round quarterback that you thought he's a first round could very well fall to the second, third, fourth round because not very many people need him. So why not do the smart move, grab him then. You still have him three, four years to develop and you're not paying him as much money and everything just on the bright side, it helps him because he's drafted, helps your team because you're not spending so much money on a, on a quarterback on a first round and you're getting a, a position or player, whether it be offense, defense, blind, skill position or whatever, that's going to help you right then at that moment. I will say like this past year, that as as we saw, of course, I mean, there was potentially like three or four quarterbacks going in the first, and there was one, and the next one drafted like third or round, whatever. This past year was the year to do that. I feel like for this upcoming season, will not happen uh, because like I look around the league and I look at like uh, the Giants. I personally don't think Danny Dimes is the guy. Flat out, don't think it. I, I even with the new regime, I don't think Danny Dimes is the guy. I think so. New York Giants was going to probably look at a quarterback. I think Washington will look at a quarterback. Uh, I think Houston will look at a quarterback personally. If Davis Mills plays okay again, then then we'll see. But, uh, you know, that's another one. Tampa, I think, will look at a quarterback. It wouldn't surprise me if New Orleans looked at a quarterback. Um, And then, you know, to kind of rope it back to, you know, where we even started with all this, I think Carolina's going to look for a quarterback. Because I think this this mesh combo of Baker and Sam, I think it's going to result in failure for this year. I, you know, Matt Rule to me is one of, is one of the coaches on a hot seat. Hey, shout out to my coaches on a hot seat video. You should go watch that. Uh, he was number two for me on on coaches that are on the hot seat. Uh, I don't. I see no chance he's making out of this year. I think this year is going to be a lot of drama over in Carolina because you're taking you you traded for Baker, which is a very clear sign that he's going to probably be your starter. He took a pay cut, getting paid like nine and a half million. Meanwhile, you took up the fifth year option for Sam Darnold, paying him nineteen million dollars to be a backup. Like Carolina is going to be a messy year this year at the quarterback position, and when it comes into next year, even though this Baker thing happened, I think Baker could play pretty okay for the Carolina. I mean, it, it definitely helped if C-Mac didn't get hurt all the time. We'll see if he plays more than three snaps. Um, you know, and if that ends up happening, Baker could have a decent year, but I still don't think Carolina is going to be set with Baker. They're definitely not set with Sam or they wouldn't have traded for Baker in the first place. I think they're both not going to be a Carolina Panther come next year. 
and you'll see Carolina probably drafting pretty hot. That's what I think is going to – I think you're going to see a lot of court, lot of teams be very aggressive this next draft. But ultimately it's going to come down to see how everyone plays this upcoming college season. You know, because, like, you have Bryce Young, you have C.J. Stroud, you have Tyler Van Dyke, you have Will Levis. Um, God, there was, there was a couple more guys that I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Sam Hartman, I think, is one that's being chatted about. He's more probably a second or third rounder, though. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, more probably second or third rounder as well. But, I mean, you got a lot of talent here in the first half of the draft where for this past draft it was like, yeah, Kenny Pickett. I mean, you know, you could reach for Malik. Uh, you know, you could reach for Matt Corral. You could reach for Desmond, uh, Desmond Ritter. You know, next year it's like, I mean, technically all these guys are going to be kind of a reach for one reason or another, but I think they're going to be more solidified picks than it is this past draft. So I expect a lot of teams to be very aggressive. Detroit throw their name into the mix. If Jared Goff stinks it up, definitely would throw their name into the mix for sure. Um, drawing a blank on who else could be in that mix. Washington can be in the mix. Yeah, depending I on them. what what's what's his face does. I think I think they'll be in the mix. I don't think Carson's gonna do that great for him. <laughs> um, but but also, I mean, I agree. I think th- I think what you're seeing with this class of quarterbacks, most of them are upperclassmen. Most of them are going to be your junior red shirts, your senior red shirts, your seniors, your super seniors, your COVID seniors, to where they've been there five, six, seven years. Um, it's going to be a lot of veteran guys to where it it can possibly kind of be responsible because you know they're, they're going to have the football knowledge to carry that quarterback position in the NFL. But as far as skill-wise, it is better than last year, but I just don't know how much better. That's the, the, the real question for me. And Alex, just one question. It's when Jared Goff screws up in Detroit. Not, Not if. if. Okay. All right. Yeah, fair. Fair. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But I, I like that Detroit it, team, though. I ain't going to lie. I do like that Detroit team. But as far as, yeah, they've got a great team. That that team could be contending if that quarterback position gets figured out, in my opinion. Um, but anyways, as far as Baker to Carolina, I agree. I think um, you can't make that move and, and not start Baker at least after week two or three, especially if Sam Donald's not showing anything. I don't think Baker will be starter week one. Um, I think um, it's going to be way too much emotion to plug him in week one against this previous team that oh, didn't want to do starter it. starter week one. I Come on now. Sa- I think Sam Donald will, will be the starter. Will Baker Mayfield come into the game at some point? Who knows? But I think at some point you do have to start Baker because you can't make that trade and not start him at some point in the in the year. Um, but I do agree. I think within the next year or two, neither of those quarterbacks will be playing for Carolina. I say screw that. Start Baker Mayfield and throw all over that crappy yeah. Cleveland Browns defense. Week one, maybe. Let him get a little bit of revenge on it. Yeah, hey, week I, one. I'm all, for, I'm all for getting revenge. Hey, and hey. then start Sam Darnold week two. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm hammering, hammering the Carolina Panthers week one. Whatever the money line is, hammer it. Carolina Panthers are going to take out the Cleveland Browns. Let's hammer that shit down. Uh, all right, let's hop over to the next thing. Uh, NFL Sunday Ticket, been trapped behind DirecTV for many, many, many years now, which is blown for multiple reasons. Uh, you know, the man himself, Roger Goodell, finally confirmed that, hey, we're breaking off from DirecTV as of this upcoming, not this up, no, next season. Yeah, next season. So this is the last year uh, of it being trapped on DirecTV. The announcement for where it's going 
to a streaming platform this year. It will be announced this fall. Uh, right now, it's looking like it's going to be Apple. I think it's going to be Apple, and uh, it's going to uh, be a very large, large dollar amount uh, for it to be part of Apple TV, which Apple just recently, I can't remember, maybe you guys will remember, I can't remember if it was MLS or MLB, but Apple just dropped the bag in one of their laps. I think I think it's MLB because okay. I, I, have, I have Apple TV myself. I'm wanting to say it was MLB. Okay. Yeah. I think this is a terrific I'm move. I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. So pumped. The reason I say this, guys, is because DirecTV is yesterday's news. Yeah. You, these streaming services. The future. Uh, of course, you can you can you can all thank Netflix, by the way, because I think Netflix was one of the first ones to actually start this streaming crap, and then all of a sudden, all these networks are like, you know what? We can do we could do streaming. Let's let's start up our own streaming. Yep. And then here comes some other ones. I think there's Hulu, there's Disney, there's Apple, there's all kinds of streaming. There's even Paramount, and Paramount deals with CBS, and CBS has their own, which is amazing. Peacock deals with NBC, yep. which is where the WWE is part of, which yep. you know, I'm just gonna throw that to the side. But yeah, this is a genius part because not only will you be able to get a subscription through it, it's probably gonna be a lot cheaper than what it would be what it has gone through direct TV. Cause right. the fees for direct TV were just outrageous True. when it came to streaming the NFL. Yep. And you know, getting a Sunday ticket with direct TV without getting direct TV was, a, is a very roundabout and niche way. The only way for you to get Sunday ticket and not have direct TV is you have to live somewhere where you can't get direct TV. So it specifically names like college dorms, for example, in those niche situations, they will allow you to just have Sunday ticket, you know, and that's it. Uh, but other than that, you know, you had to have direct TV, which is, and it, it's a killer cause it's a contract. I mean, you're stuck with them for two or three years. And if you want to quit it, you're going to have to pay, you know, pay out the contract. The only way to not have a contract is if you have a direct TV stream, uh, that's the only way. That's just a month-to-month thing. But even with that, I don't think you can have Sunday ticket with that. So this is a huge move because they're looking around the room, obviously. I mean, coming from a person that sells it, you can. What? A Sunday ticket? Mm-hmm. I mean, the only way that I remember is that it, it needs you, – you cannot – you have to deliver another location. It's still, it's still DirecTV. Oh, you're talking it's about DirecTV still- stream. Correct. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So you can have DirecTV stream and Sunday ticket. All right, cool. The bottom yeah. line is you can't get Sunday ticket without DirecTV. That's how it's been up till now. Uh, which that's been the kind of the killer with things. And you know, NFLs they're they're looking around the room and they're seeing where everyone else is making all this huge amounts of money. And that's the age that we're in. You know, where they look where it's like, why do we need you? You know, because Ricky, what you're saying about you know uh, DirecTV being yesterday's news. Uh, let me indulge myself a bit and talk a little bit about video games. It's the same thing with E3. E3 is is like the yearly thing where it's like tons of awesome news. It was the hype moment every year for all gamers. But like over the past few years, we've seen E3 decline and we've seen huge publishers back out of E3 like Sony, for example, because Sony hasn't been there since like 2018. And the reason why Sony knows that at this day and age, they can just go do their own presentation you know, the Sony state of play and and, it, and it's perfectly fine and it works. And Nintendo was the same way this past year where Nintendo wasn't involved summer game fest. They did their own thing because they don't need you. They don't need summer game. They don't need E3. And it's the same thing here. NFL doesn't need direct TV. Direct TV needs NFL. So like, this is a big thing for the NFL and I'm here for it. Wherever it's going immediately, you know, my ass is signing up for it. I'm pumped. This is massive because fuck direct TV. I don't want that shit anymore. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't have it. But I don't ever want it again. No. No, no offense to Shane, who has to sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, I, it, it is, sucks. <laughs> I've had, to, I've had way too. When directed, of course, 
course, DirecTV is owned by AT&T now, but when they were separate from AT&T, I had so many problems right. with DirecTV when I had them. It right. was not even funny. Yeah, no, it, it's a pain. And I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to find out where they're going to go. Like I said, it's looking like Apple, which I've wanted Apple TV for a little bit anyway. There's some shows and movies on there I want to watch. So, I mean, hey, I'm here for it. Let's get it. I, I will sign up to Apple TV immediately. I want that Sunday I, ticket. I don't, Direct I don't Direct TV stream is actually really good. Is Direct it? TV satellite, I always try to push away from that because because of the contract. It's, it's old. yeah, it's Direct contract. It's old. Ahead. No one. Yeah, yeah. Direct TV stream doesn't actually look that bad in terms of like pricing structure and just like hey, you can cancel it like any other subscription. But you know, in terms of the, like I said, the NFL, it comes. Yeah, they don't. They don't need Direct TV anymore. They're ready to spread their wings. You know, they can make so much more money elsewhere, and they will. They will. Uh, let's see. The only other thing I want to shout out uh, NFL wise, just because like. We're a terrible show. I'd be, I'd feel ashamed of myself. If I didn't shout this out. Shout out to Zach Wilson, man. That dude's a dog. Like, <laughs> shout out to Zach Wilson, dude. This guy, this guy, hammer the Jets to win the AFC East. I'm, 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 I'm saying it now. Zach Wilson's got the it factor. <laughs> Must be. <laughs> the Jets are about Jets to go on a run. The AFC East. They're about the to win the, the AFC, AFC East. East. Yep. If they win the AFC East, my Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Just saying. And also, I did hear rumors if uh, the Jets win the AFC East, they're going to be renaming to the Cougars. Oh, man. Let's go. I'm buying merch immediately. I'm going to need another logo over here. Over there. Yeah. Cameras are hard. Over there. I'm going to need another logo if that happens. Call me a Jets fan. Yeah, call me a Jets fan. Also, shout out to the fact that I've officially adopted another team. I know, I've got teams for days. Look, man, I am a sucker for some excellent PR, and that's what the Chargers are all about, is excellent PR. And I Look, man, that, that anime schedule reveal murdered me, took me off the planet. Like, it was already good. It was like week one. All right, solid stuff. This is already amazing. But then when they got to week three, and it was the Jags, and it was Urban Meyer at his bar, I lost my shit, and I'm like, "That's it. it I'm bu- I'm buying Charger merch. Chargers are my number three team. Let's get it, baby." Uh, all right, let's let's jump over and let's talk college now. We've rambled on long enough. All right, so boys, we are watching an NCAA football 2014, 13, 12, 11. We're watching a, a in, in 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 video game conference realignment IRL. I mean, that's what we're watching now. We're at the point in the off season, right? In our dynasty right now. It's just like, Hey guys, do we want to switch up the conferences? It's like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. That's what we're, that's what we are witnessing right now. I mean, we've already saw a lot of moves last year with mostly like group of five, a lot of group of five moves that were confirmed end of last year. Sunbelt getting a lot, uh, conference USA, phew. They're dead. I mean, in my opinion, they're dead. You know, American losing some teams. Like, I mean, we're seeing a lot of movement happen on group of five. And, of course, we had the big news with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, that kicking off in 2025. And now the the, the news that happened within the past couple of weeks that while we were on a break is uh, USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. And that began beginning in 2024. You know, of course, we already knew about the Big 12 as well. BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston joining next year. Uh, and then with Sunbelt, like I already mentioned, they're getting like Marshall, Southern Miss, James Madison, Old Dominion. That's beginning play this year. And the American are getting UAB, FAU, Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, and University of Texas, San Antonio 
all in 2023. So, I mean, we are watching like, an, like a video game style realignment before our very eyes. Uh, you know, how, how are you guys feeling about like the, the most recent move? Cause this was obviously, this was big, you know, like you, you, USC and UCLA leaving the PAC 12 to join the big 10. That was a, that was a massive, massive bomb drop in the news. How are you guys feeling about it? Shane, I'll let you tackle this one first. As far as the most recent moves on like the American conference, the Sunbelt, man, honestly, I, I see in the very ne in the near future, like I want to say near within the next 10 years, it very well is going to be, it's not going to be a power five conference anymore. We're going to have four major conferences and every team's going to be in it and it's going to be divided up into pods. Um, so, and they're going to be renaming. I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to kind of be more of an NFL type thing where it's going to be not necessarily SEC and big 10 and big 12 or anything like that. It's going to be, you know, they're probably going to name it to like the, um, you know, Southeast Conference and West Conference. It's just going to be de strictly depicted on regions, and then it's going to divide the United States into four brackets, and every team that falls on those brackets is going to be in that conference. And you're saying at that's some point in time, like in a few, in X amount of years, that's what you're thinking. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Rick? So, um, I don't know what word to describe this, these entire moves. Um, Asinine could be one of them. I think this is the biggest, the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Some of the smaller schools, I understand why the smaller schools move conferences. Yep. They move conferences to get better. They also move conferences to get better revenue, things of that nature. Some of these, some of these schools, like you mentioned, some of the schools that are going to the Sun Belt, like Marshall. Hey, Sun Belt's getting packed, Bubba. <laughs> like, let's go. The Sun, the Sun Belt, I understand that because the Sun Belt, they have, they have an agenda. Yeah. And I also have a little bit of a little bit of a story to go along with the Sun Belt, but that that's for a little bit later. I understand some of the smaller schools. I get that. I have no problem with that. I thought it was dumb that the SEC got Texas and Oklahoma because I just think it's dumb. I, there's no they don't need Texas and Oklahoma because they're still the superior brand. You could take Texas and Oklahoma out of the SEC right now, and the SEC is still going to be the top-notch conference of the entire country. But the fact now you have two schools in California going to the Big Ten, the closest school that I can think of between Iowa. Los Angeles and any school in the Big Ten is over 2,000 miles away. Yep. The reason we have conferences to begin with is it's not because of competition. It's because of the geographical range where it makes the most sense. You had the Pac-12, which is basically all the schools out in the West. You had the Big Ten, which is everybody up north of Missouri and up north of Tennessee and Kentucky in that entire area. You have the Atlantic Coastal Conference because, hey, newsflash, most of them are, are most of them, those states, if not all of them, are along the Atlantic Coast. And then, of course, you have the SEC, and then you have the Big 12. You have all these schools that are that are combined. They do this not for competition. They do this to break down the competition. So that way, in the postseason, you have the best tournaments from all these different areas. They get to go to these special places and play in these special games, like the Rose Bowl, for example. The Rose Bowl used to be it's the winner of the Pac-12, and the winner of the Big Ten, if unless one of them or both, however it works, is in the college football playoff. Now we're going to get to see that just about every year because UCLA and USC, 
who are traditionally, well, USC is more traditional than Rose Bowl than UCLA is. And USC, even though they haven't been worth a crap here lately, you don't get these special games anymore. They're not going to be special anymore because they're going to be playing each other every year, if not every other year. It, it's just, it just, it's bogus in my opinion because it's like I said, you're literally taking away the biggest thing of college football. You're basically taking debate away of who's going to be the toughest conference, who's going to be the weakest conference. You're taking all of that. You're taking all of that away because everything is going to be combined up now. And like Shane said, it's only going to be about four conferences now. And there's not going to be a power three conference. It's going to be a power two conference, most likely between the Big Ten and, and the SEC, which, like I said, you could still take you, – you could take Texas, Oklahoma. You could put them in the Big Ten for all I care. And the SEC is still, is still going to be the toughest conference. The entire issue with this entire point has to deal with one thing and one thing only – and that is money, and that's it. Take the academics away. This new NIL deal that's coming in, you're, you're putting more and more money into college football than what you ever have. It's ridiculous. It's dumb. They should have just left it alone. I understand the smaller schools. I'm okay with the smaller schools. I'm not okay with Texas and Oklahoma going the SEC. I for sure as hell ain't okay with USC and UCLA having to travel their kids 2,000 miles away to play a football game or a – Take a volleyball game, for example. A volleyball game goes five sets at most. You have to win the best three out of five. Imagine going to a, to traveling over 2,000 miles away just to play one volleyball match. It just it, it makes no sense whatsoever other than the fact it has to deal with money, and that's it. It's a money grabber. That's it. And that just it, like I said, though, it's asinine. It's dumb. I mean, it is 100% a money grab because, like, uh, to give I, these numbers I'm gonna throw out there could be very inaccurate, but I want to say this is what I remember seeing. So, like, UCA, yeah, USC, and like UCLA, for example, they would make like normally like 30 mil, uh, being with the Pac-12. Meanwhile, let's flip the script. Let's look at the Big Ten. Let's look at two of the shitty teams in the Big Ten. Purdue and Northwestern would make like 60 mil being over there. So it's a, it's a money grab. And uh, just on a, a little side tangent here because i don't know if it's confirmed across the board or not i would assume it is but with the uh like the let's say the volleyball thing like the other sports that don't make as much money those could actually still play in a different conference and th this be pretty much a football related move because it's kind of like uh, notre dame like they're currently independent in football but then they're affiliated with other conferences hawaii for example hawaii is in the mountain west in football but in pretty much every other piece of athletics they're part of a completely different conference so i mean that that's a possibility we don't know i don't think it was confirmed but no this is just a money grab at the end of the day and we're going to continue to see this happen because of money because like with all this happening immediately following oregon and washington which washington who gave you the audacity to think that you're worth the shit to try to get out of there but oregon and washington stepped they, up washington Look, washington is one of two pac-12 teams that has been in the playoff they haven't been in the playoff, have they? Yes, they, they have. They, they, they lost Alabama the very first year. Is it, no, Did it they? The I, don't, year they I guess I don't remember that. that. All right, my fault, my fault. I figured it would be Oregon and Utah would be the two that would be like, yo, get me the fuck out of here. Um, but, yeah, Oregon and Washington immediately stepped up to the plate and was just like, yay, can we come too? And I don't remember if it was officially shut down. I think it was officially shut down. They're not going to the Big Ten. I could be wrong on that. But I do know like there was a, a lot of talk between Pac-12 and Big 12 
doing some sort of merge where it's like Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Washington's coming to the Big 12 and this and that. I don't know if you guys saw this. It didn't like really break a lot of news besides an app notification, but that was confirmed that those talks fell apart. Those talks, like, they're, they're not doing it. So at this point, like what the hell do these schools over in the Pac-12 do? Because they're just riding a, a sinking ship at this point. Pac-12 is a sinking ship, flat out. I mean, I don't know any other way to put it. So what, what do they do? You know, like if, if they're not going to merge with the Big 12 in some capacity, like what do these other schools do? I mean, in USC and UCLA's thing, it is just a money grab. That's 100% what it comes down to. Like I said, if North, if they if they look at it and they see Northwestern making like 60 mil and they're only making like 30 mil a year and they're supposed to be one of the – what a lot of people would consider like a pillar in college football, like what are we doing? You know what I mean? So I do understand the move in that capacity, but it's just – it still doesn't set right with me because like I'm a big guy with, with geographic stuff, man. Like I would like everyone to kind of be – I'm, I, it's what I'm used to, you know what I mean? Creature of habit. Like I, I would definitely like them to play against schools on the on the uh, the the West Coast, whatever. But I guess I can't talk a whole lot because we look at the ACC and we got you know Louisville, Kentucky, and the ACC. But and you know it is what it is, right? Uh, but no, I mean it, it it was a wild move, man. Yeah, but but that's but that's a totally different situation, though, Alex. It is, yeah. Louisville was in the Louisville was in the Big East, and the Big East was getting rid of everybody except for some of the private schools. Yeah, they that were folded. Up there. They like, folded they, for football. UConn's not even the Big East anymore, so it was. It was totally different because you know they had because Syracuse Syracuse was once in the Big East. Yep. Now they're in the ACC. That was a totally different situation. They did that because the conference wanted to make a change as far as who was going to be in their as who was going to be in their conference and who was not. Geographically, it made sense for them to go to the ACC, right? Or if they or if the SEC would have even taken them. So yeah, that that made sense. What doesn't make sense is you're going to have a California school, California schools travel over two thousand miles away. To play a football game, it just it doesn't make any sense. And like I said, unless it's a postseason, atmospheric, one of those deals, that's fine. But a conference game, no, it's just it, it's it's weird. It's just it's just it's bogus in my opinion. I think the best move for the Big Ten is to get Oregon and Washington in there as well and do the pod system, where it's like those four I, will be playing every pretty much a majority of the season, and there's only a few games where they're traveling out. Um, you know, to, you know, to where the rest of the big, I think that's probably the best with, with what, with the hand that we're being dealt is what I'm saying with the hand that we're dealt that this is happening. That's the best move. Uh, but other than that, it's just like, huh, good luck to, good luck to those student athletes. You know, it's going to be rough. <laughs> the this new is, division three, yep. Oregon university. Yep. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is what I see, right? Cause I mean, you're right. Pac 12 is going to be pretty much disintegrated. ACC is going to be going to be very, very well disintegrated. You're gonna come pretty much come down to three three conferences, right? SEC, Big T- Big Ten, Big Twelve. Um, yes, logistically and geographically, it doesn't make sense. And coming from a guy that grew up with college football and felt that fell in love with the tradition of of college football, um, and speaking back to your Rose Bowl thing, I mean that was I mean five, six, seven years ago during the BCS era, that was a game that millions and millions of people watched it was basically even though it wasn't a national championship game even though um it it, it was comparison to the super bowl everybody tuned in for the rose bowl everybody yeah. it's it, that game was college football um and i spoke about this in season one of of our podcast that very soon these bowl games aren't going to mean shit yes it sucks yes i hate it but with this new nil deal now it's it's college football is no longer about college. It's a business. It's a business and business wise. And, and as far as you saying that you don't really know who's going to be the best conference and, and so on and so forth. 
I agree with that. But also on the flip side of that, I think because everybody's going to be pretty much playing everybody at least every year, every two years, um, or every other year, um, you're going to find out who is the better team a lot better. I think in the long, in the grand scheme of things, when it comes down to competition and knowing who's better, who who deserves these playoff spots, especially if we want to see something like um, the Division Two has, right? I mean, they have what a 32 team comp, uh, playoff. If if we're if Division One football is going to have something like that. This needs to happen. Yes, traditionally, as a football fan, I hate it. Geographically, I hate it. But as far as competition of finding out who is the best team every year so you don't have UCF um, saying that they're a national championship even though their team didn't play anybody, um, <laughs> that's not going to happen anymore because they're going to be forced to play teams um, that are up to their level. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, it's going to be better. But logistically and geographically, I agree. I hate it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you have three conferences and you have everybody playing everybody, you're going to find out who's the best team. Well, see, and I'm glad you brought the playoff thing, Shane, because I think in some ways, like you said, um, this could be good because this could actually push the playoff committee to extend the playoffs because, like I said, they have not budged off of four. Like, they tried to expand it to eight. Nothing. Twelve. Nothing. Which I thought it should. Be, I thought it should have been eight or twelve to begin with. So, uh, but like I said, I mean that part of it could be good if we see if we see an expansion of playoffs. But if we don't see this expansion, uh, you know, like I said, postseason is not going to mean anything anymore. I mean, like you said, and to some degree, Shane, the bowl games already don't mean anything because you already have these players that are opting out of these bowl games. The NIL, yeah, however, could help a little bit. For the simple fact is, is if these sponsors that are paying these players could say, hey, if you play in the bowl game, we might give you a little bit of extra boost. And if they give them a contract, it may be in their contract saying that they may have to play in a bowl game. So in some ways, that part of it can be good. But the overall part of it, guys, I, I, I'm going to miss the traditions. I'm just a traditional guy. I'm just going to miss the traditions. I feel that. Yeah, because this is this yeah. is a big change. And, and I'm the same way as far as tradition. I hate it. Right. But I'm right. also I'm when it when it comes to tradition or competition, unfortunately, I'm going to size with competition. I much rather figure out who's the best team at the end of the year without any debate, whether than depicting on this on this tradition. Now, yes, as much as I'm going to miss those glory days. But at the end of the day, I think the NCAA is taking baby steps now that they're recognized as a business. Um, because of the money that these players are, are, are getting for the NCAA. I think at the end of the day, when it is down to three three conferences or four conferences and all these pods and everything, there will be no more bowl games. It'll either be playoff or you have an offseason. Um, it's and I it's think also so going to hurt other sports, even though, like I said, we haven't been confirmed with the other sports, but most likely it's going to be all sports because usually, usually that's how they do it because especially – especially when you're dealing with bigger schools like Oklahoma and Texas, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll keep you for basketball. But no, they're going to be gone completely, in my opinion. And that, like I said, I know it hadn't been confirmed, but I, I would go ahead and almost put money on that it'd be confirmed. But in some ways, I know this is a football show. I know this is a football show, but I've got to point this out. The NCAA tournament, how are you going to be able to predict conferences then? The Big Ten already took eight to ten teams last year. I believe it was, I believe it was ten teams last year, or it was something like that. What are you going to do with postseason? This year alone, Shane, 
just in the College World Series with Texas and Oklahoma. If you put Texas and Oklahoma in the with the World Series because they were also in the College World Series, that's six SEC teams, including Oklahoma and Texas, for the College World Series. So yeah, it's a it changes it changes a lot of perception. That's for sure. I agree, but I think to go back to what Alex was saying, I think in, in order for the other the for not only other sports, right, softball, baseball, basketball swimming track and field for those teams not to suffer those athletic programs not to suffer and not even not only that some of these smaller schools like your um fau uab charlotte north texas rice utsa marshall southern miss these teams they need those conferences to keep those athletic programs going so yeah so in order to do that you would have to make football its own entity right you have to because if not those athletic programs are going to die and we don't want to see that yeah, because, I mean, I everyone can read the writing on path. the wall. Go ahead. I think this could be a path for some of these FCS schools to start coming into these big FBS programs. Hey, look at James Madison. They're jumping up from FCS to Sunbelt. That's at least a start. You know, Charlotte did it here within the last few years. Uh, I don't remember how many years ago, three or four years now. Charlotte's been FBS play. Uh, uh, Coastal Carolina as well. I mean, we're seeing it slowly but surely. There's still those pillars in the FCS that – I would say are probably very content where they are, you know, like North Dakota state. They're like, Hey, we're, we're good. We're making, we're doing our thing, Montana and Montana state. They're doing their thing. They're fine. You know, but I, I do agree that we're going to start to see, you know, more FCS schools kind of make the jump. And uh, Shane, one thing that I'm glad you mentioned is uh, ACC because they're in a position right now where it's like, as of right now coming into this year, they're fine. But how long will they be fine? That's the big question because there's been a lot of conversation that, you know, Florida, you know, that fuck Florida State University could be getting out of there. Clemson could be getting out of there. Miami, UNC and even Virginia. There's a lot of chatter around there. Now, I do want to I want to say that ACC signed like some multi-year deal for like their exclusive, you know, streaming rights or some bullshit like that. But I don't, it wasn't like I don't remember with who or if it was that massive. So ACC, in my opinion, is fine right now. But as these moves happen, as Oklahoma and Texas get to the SEC, as USC and UCLA get over to the Big Ten, and these two just completely dominate everything, that's when you're going to really start. That's when you're going to see these five teams that I just named, you know, and start to look around the room a little bit and be like, hey, SEC, how you doing? Hey, you know, you having a good time? Can you let us in? <laughs> you know, I think that's going to so, be a possibility. So rumor has it North Carolina, FFS, I think Miami. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to think of the other one that's off the top of my head. Clemson uh, and uh, Clemson, Virginia. Clemson, Clemson. That's the one I was thinking of. Okay. Um, are looking to possibly go to the SEC. Yep. Which would leave Duke, Duke, Syracuse, and Maryland out of a conference. So you basically have a three-team conference if those, if those, if all those uh, schools that we just mentioned uh, uh, go. Maryland's which is going to be even more weird. Big Ten. Because by the way. do what now? Maryland's in Big Ten. I don't know why I said Maryland. My okay. bad. You're right. Maryland's in the Big Ten. Yeah, they were in the ACC. They they moved Tradition, over a few man. years ago. Tradition. That's what it was. That's what uh, it was. Yeah, yes, yeah. you are right. And so, uh, but which is even going to be a more interesting situation if Clemson moves because word has it, Dabo Sweeney is in line to succeed Nick Saban yep. when Nick Saban decides to retire. No doubt in my mind that's happening. No yeah, doubt in my mind. Yeah. I, I think we called this in like early in season yeah. two, like. <laughs> Like when when last offseason ended, we were kind of like, if Nick Saban does retire, Dabo's got to be the front runner. 
Um, he's already come out and said, I mean, isn't he from there or have family there? Um, and he already said that Alabama. His, he has a his, lot his, of ties to Alabama. A lot, lot of ties, ties to Alabama. Yep. Uh, the only other rumor that I came across that I just wanted to shout out here is apparently SMU is rumored to have some discussions as well with ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12. That's the only other rumor that I've come across with all these team moves is SMU trying what to make a move. Yeah. SMU go back to the death penalty. No one even. Yeah, no, no one I agree. This right now, you know. Okay, come on, man. Let, let me come on, man. Really? <laughs> Look, listen, uh, listen. All right. This is like, oh gosh, this is terrible. Listen, listen. Okay, I, I still half stand by my stance on what I said about Washington, but let me redo it. SMU, who gave you the audacity to even try to make that call? <laughs> Like, straight up, bro. Like, who gave you the damn audacity to step up and be like, hey, you guys, how's it going? <laughs> that statement is worse. Okay, Alex, that statement from SMU is worse than when LeBron James left Cleveland to go to Miami and Dan Gilbert <laughs> says, we're going to win a championship before he will. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Oh, no. SMU. Dude, this is wild. I mean, we are in a very wild time right now with college football. Uh, so with all this talk on the conference stuff, something that uh, we wanted to do here is put our put ourselves in a position. If we were the conference commissioners, what would we do to save the conference or make it better? Um, so let's kick things off with Conference USA. We'll just do this as a group. W- what 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 would you guys do? Because in my opinion, I would just go ahead and do this. I would look myself in the mirror and I'd be like, all right, I got this job. I'm just here to collect a paycheck. This conference is dead as shit. Let's go to work. I mean, like, what else are you going to do? You lost so many schools. You're a group of five as it is. I mean, your only hope is to maybe pull up some FCS. Nah, I mean, you're like the Big East in football. Just give it up. You're done. Just let your, you're going to dissolve out. I mean, like, are we all on the same page about this? So, honestly. Go ahead, Shane. Okay. So, honestly. Besides the big big conferences, right? Besides Power Five and even majority of the Power Five, like we kind of spoke about previously with the last kind of segment. Honestly, if I was a U- Conference USA, Sun Belt, American Mountain West, MAC, um, and even the S- uh, ACC or Pac-12, I am seeing how much money I can get as a commissioner, football-wise, <laughs> to pawn these teams off to somebody else. Honestly, I mean, at this point, because especially like what we talked about with the whole NIL and everything, why not? I mean, why not go forward, go ahead and push this progress along, push up a bigger playoff, get people what they want, get the competition right, and just get these money, get these uh, programs the money and get them moved out. See, and of course, you know, I agree with you, Shane. I wholeheartedly agree with you, Shane, but I could also see some dumbass look looking at a big old list of schools and being like, hmm, Washita Baptist, who are they? Oh, and they probably pronounce it wrong. Wachita Baptist, never heard of them. Let's bring them on up. That, that'd be all right. How about Henderson State? Oh, we don't know that they're dying out. Let's go ahead and bring them on up. So yeah, yeah, I, 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 I very well could see that. Like that I, I, could, I could very well see some shit like that, <laughs> like the Sun Belt. Okay, let's go ahead and bring up Jackson State. Um, Jacksonville State's over here, right? We're going to put him in there, too. Um... We you guys Arkansas are talking Tech, like right? a. We're going to put Arkansas Tech in there, and it's just going to be like these three massive conferences that will be like basically like the main stuff. Even though it's all Division One, you're going to have all these major teams over here, and then you're going to have like Alabama, Blind State, uh, or or Blind School 
over here with everybody oh. else. You guys are there. talking almost like that time when ESPN got fleeced and they had like one of the, you know the top high schools in the country versus who that other school. I don't remember what they were named. That wasn't even a real school. That's like the stuff you guys are talking right now. Hey, that'd be yeah. perfect, man. That'd be perfect. Hey, I don't. I wouldn't. I'd pay to see that game. But no, Conference USA is dead. I mean, in my opinion, give it a few more years. This conference is dead. They're done. They're going away. I I don't see them surviving this. Now, Sunbelt, though, yo, I think Sunbelt, man, they they made some moves. You know, we already kind of chat about who they they got and their beginning play this year. I think Sunbelt's going to stick around for a while in terms of this group of five stuff. I really do. So an interesting thing about the Sunbelt, here's some inside information, something I had no idea about when when this took place. So... Um, for those of y'all who don't know, I have been, uh, I, I was a basketball official years ago. This year, I'm actually going to pick up football. I'm going to do high school football this year. Most likely going to stick around the junior high games or whatever it is. Anyway, so interesting thing about the Sun Belt. Did not know this until I talked to a, to a guy the other day who has inside connections with, the, with who has, who has very good friends with the guy who schedules for the SEC. The guy who schedules for the SEC also schedules for the Sun Belt Conference which I thought that was just ter- that's just a terrific story anyway with it being combined. But there's reasons why the Sun Belt is able to grab. The Sun Belt Conference, guys, is a lot better than what people think it actually really is. It, it really does draw a di- – not the revenue that you expect with the ACC right. or anything like that, but it draws attention, and it's been drawn attention for many, many years with these schools because now the Sun Belt, every school that the Sun Belt has now is going to have football. Uh, UALR, who was in the Sun Belt, they're bolted for the Ohio Valley Conference. They're 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 irrelevant now. So yeah, so yeah, the Sun Belt Conference guys is, is actually I mean, why not join the Sun Belt Conference if you're the just you know if the rest of the Conference USA come on in, come conference. on in, let's, let's go. go the Sun Belt Conference. You know what? If we're gonna have one conference, it's gonna suck. It's gonna be the Sun Belt Conference, and that's fine. Honestly, going back to that ULR thing, I was sad that they left for Ohio State or Ohio Valley Conference or whatever, because I was looking forward to them possibly getting a, a football team. Well, the word has it they were going to. That the word has it they they had they were going to go with get with Royal Memorial, but talks fell through, and the pandemic did not help at all because they were they were good they were dead set. This was the year we were going to start football, but now that they don't have football. The Sun Belt wanted wanted to do away with just the basketball schools and uh, or schools without football, and that that's why they're leaving. Yeah, Sun Belt's in a good spot. Sun Belt's gonna gonna survive and thrive, my friend. Uh, now the American though, they made some moves. You know, like I said, they they got some schools, but none of it's splash. You know what I mean? Like it's one, it's none of it's splash moves. I mean, uh, UTSA is one to watch. UTSA played pretty well. The rest of the rest of them are, hey, your school. How's it going? Uh, you know, the American is one that's going to still stick around for a while, but like, I still, I still see them personally fizzling out as well. In, in, in fact, you know, like out of the group of five, the, the honestly, in my opinion, the only two that will fizzle out like for sure is uh, in my opinion, conference USA and American, you know, I feel like Sunbelt is doing very well at what they're doing, you know, just existing in the space. I feel like Mountain West conference is doing very well in their space. And I feel like they could even improve. We'll chat about that in a minute. And then the Mac, bro, the Mac is perfectly fine. They do their thing. They do their thing. They exist in their own little ecosystem and it works great. But American, if you guys were the commission, what would you do with the American? Would you do anything or would you just kind of let it ride out and just admit your defeat? I mean, unless you're unless you're going to get unless you're going to be able to get out. And like I said, I I like we talked earlier about the FCS schools. 
that's really their only that's really going to be their only pull at this point yeah because you're not gonna you're not gonna get Syracuse you're not gonna get Duke you're not gonna get any of these big time programs that you have if 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 the American is going to survive they probably need to call up some of these FCS schools and be like hey what if we do this what if we go ahead and add you guys to our conference now they would have to get some big time schools they couldn't just get anybody but here's here here's an idea. Uh, of course, North Dakota State. We know that the, you know we know that they're good. Sh- you know, shining. You know, everything with there yep. on the FCS. They're probably not going to leave the FCS, but you know that could be a phone call. The Montana schools, as we mentioned, but why not Youngstown State? Youngstown State's president is Jim Tressel. Jim Tressel was a big time, a big time guy. He would know how to get you know started in an FBS program. That could be something they could go towards. But if they're not going to be willing to grab, because that's basically going to be their only pull. Because the rest of them are big time programs, and all the other smaller schools, you could possibly pull the rest of Conference USA. But to me, I would just disband it, say the heck with it. They all go independent for all I care. But I just, I, I, I don't see the Americans surviving much longer. No, and I agree 100. Uh, percent You know, which is which is unfortunate because they haven't even been around that long. You know, I know they're basically created off of what the Big East was, but really yes. the American Conference themselves have not been around that long, which is really unfortunate. Now, jumping over from there, we have, like, the Mountain West. Uh, Mountain West is one that's going to be very interesting to watch in the coming years. And the reason why it's going to be interesting to watch is because of what's going to potentially happen with the Pac-12. Because of, like, the Pac-12, if stuff happens, obviously it's not going to happen right now. We've already seen kind of the talks kind of fizzle out. But, like, if if you're Mountain West and you, you're paying attention to what's happening in the Pac-12 and you see some of these leftover schools that are just going to get, unfortunately, thrown to the wayside, Oregon State and Washington State being a couple of prime examples, go Beefs, I would, I would make some calls you know, to them and try to pull them in because where else are they going to go? Really, they, don't, they probably won't even need to pull the calls. Honestly, those schools will probably make the call because, I mean, they, they, they know their place. They know they're not going to the Big 12. They know they're not going to the Big 10. Like, what's their next step after Pac-12 falls apart? Go to the Mountain West make some moves and Mountain West gets a lot more power with, with those schools in there. At least that's my opinion. So if I was like the Mountain West commission, I would just kind of bide my time. I'm existing perfectly fine. You know, I would be a little afraid about losing some schools. Cause like the PAC 12 could potentially make moves for like, let's say Fresno state, San Diego state, Boise state. Those are possible moves they could make. Uh, but other than that, I would just kind of bide my time a little bit, you know, give it as I don't think the PAC 12 is going to last. I really, I think the days are numbered for them, which is unfortunate because of the tradition. But when that happens, you're going to get some schools thrown to the wayside. Like I said, Oregon state, Washington state being the first two that popped to mind. I think um, at the end of the day, whichever one does fall apart, whether it's the PAC 12 or the mountain West, whichever one survives is going to pretty much going to be better off because they're going to get the scraps, right? Yeah. So whoever can't get into the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, or the SEC, um, the Mountain West, and possibly even the MAC, depending on some things, could just pick up those scraps and be that next conference that survives. So you could still potentially see a Power Five or four conferences, depending on. I mean, we've already kind of discussed Sun Belt thriving, Conference USA, the American pretty much dying. So if the Mountain West and MAC kind of kind of survive. They can p- pretty much run everything else and get uh, pick up those scraps and you know the interesting thing about that as well if the mac wants to try to make a move for anyone cool good on them but they don't even need to i'm telling you the mac out of all the the group of five in my opinion the mac is is the number one that is the best at living in their own ecosystem 
You know what I mean? Even over the Sun Belt. Like, I'm not, I, I genuinely believe that. The Mac is so good at just surviving and doing their thing and making money with who they've got. They do so well at it. You know, as Tyler always says, the Maction, the Mac attack, whatever. That's his thing. You know, so I, I feel like the Mac is the, is the prime example of, hey, just sit back, have a good time, you know, because you're in good shape, at least in my opinion. That's, that's how I view so, it. So, and also depending on which one falls apart, if the Mac does survive um, and you see the Mountain West or Pac-12 survive, which one, because I really think it really comes down to those two, right? Whoever is, a, who, whoever is able to get the scraps and or pull from that other conference, um, that's going to be the one to survive. So just say we do have an instance where there's five, but they want to break down to four conferences. Why not merge, whether it's the, the Mountain West with the Mac or the Mac with the Pac-12 and just merge those two conferences and make it even better? I think Pac-12 and Mountain West would be the play because I, I, I do give it a few more years. And the conversations that we just saw get confirmed here recently, thanks to the ESPN app, random, uh, you know, that confirmed that those talks with Big 12 and Pac-12 are dead. I, give, give it a year or two, and those talks will pick back up. I mean, it's just dead for now. Because the Pac-12, I think they even realize they're in a state where, like, they're not going to be able to survive. Oregon and Washington's on they're going to be working their way out. We see all these other schools that are trying to work their way out as well. They they, they know the writing's on the wall. They can't, they're, they're a Power 5 conference in, in name. They know that even pull, if they manage to pull up some, like, top-tier FCS, schools from over there like uc davis for example because they're one of the better fcs schools over there on the west coast they were ranked like number four number three almost all season last year like they know that oh that's not gonna that's not gonna bring the revenue i mean yeah it's just, we're a power five conference in name like it's not gonna do it so they know they're dead give it a few more years those talks will pick back up so mountain west i think is in a really good spot just bide your time you might lose some schools for now. Like if Pac-12 tries to make one last breath, you know, one last uh, dying breath, whatever, and try to get like San Diego State, Fresno State, and like Boise State being three that I would think would be toyed with. But, I mean, just give it, Tom. I mean, because there, there are a lot of, you know, schools in that Pac-12 that I think maybe not this year but here in coming years will be hot commodities, obviously Oregon and Washington and Utah being somewhere off the bat. But then even – you know, you, you know, they may not be very good at football right now, but you mean you got even got to look at Stanford and Cal. I mean, they're going to be big names because of various other things that those programs and those schools do well at. Uh, so just give it time. Give it time. You know what I mean? And we'll, we'll see the end of that as well. With Pac-12, I mean, would you guys do anything? Uh, I mean, uh, I, 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 if I was commissioned, I, I told you the, the three schools that I would hit up, you know, and if I had my last dying breath here, you know, let's hit up Boise State, you know, Fresno State. I mean, would you guys do anything different? Or just, you know, just accept your defeat, look in the mirror, just and just be like, I'm, I'm taking a paycheck. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think that's going to be enough. I don't think it is either. Because <laughs> you're, you're talking about two Los Angeles schools. Yep. Uh, go Just leaving, you know, right at the top. That's, USC by itself is a lot of revenue. UCLA, we know the history and tradition with UCLA. That's just a lot of revenue in general. I, I think you would have to merge with the Mountain West just to even come close to surviving. Um, and it's, it's like I said, um, when you're, when you lose two schools like USC and UCLA, even though both schools really have not done well in any particular sport as of late, um, I don't see without having that great football revenue, I think your best bet is to merge with the Mountain West rather than trying to take schools away from the Mountain West. And that's just my opinion. And then, 
Because here's the thing, the Mountain West Conference, if, my, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think any of those schools have been touched yet as far as nope. moving conferences or anything like that. Well, BYU, uh, that's it. Well, BYU, yeah, BYU yeah. was BYU was it. But e- e- even then, um, and BYU is not the biggest program in, in the in the entire conference, in my mm. opinion, even though they have been very good as of late, but they're not the biggest, in my opinion. Boise State, to me, is still the is still the cream of the crop of that conference. But if you think about it, Boise State was the Ricky, we're losing you. It's still good. <laughs> Shane, your face. <laughs> Ricky, we're can losing you, you can, man. Can you hear me now? Can yes. you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you, but you my, are froze. My, but I'm what? You're froze. It's fine. I am froze. Oh, man. Oh, hey, that, you're is, back. that is amazing. You're back. Like, you're back. You're back. All right, good. So anyway, sorry about that. So Terrible yeah, show. Let's get me. it. I, I, exactly, exactly. But uh, but that's just that's just me. I, I would I would merge with the Mount West. I wouldn't I wouldn't try to take teams away. It would be pointless right now. Yeah. Well, if you're the Mount West, if you're any of these teams in the Mount West, you have one school that's left you so far. Why why would you want to risk you know disbanding the conference? You got something good going. Mm. I think it really just depends on what you want, right? Do you want your conference to survive? Um, if so, then you're going to have to either merge or pretty much talk to the Mountain West about getting some teams um, or maybe merging with the MAC or something along those lines. If you're okay with just getting money and then closing the doors down on it, then just dispersing your teams out to those conferences and just reeking in the revenue from it. Right. Uh, let's do these two back to back real quick. Uh, ACC and Big Twelve. What would you guys do in those situations? I want to save the the big the big two for last. Uh, so yeah, ACC and Big Twelve. You know what? Just to throw a wrench in everyone and everything, like you know, just to really piss people off. If I was ACC, hey Hawaii, you want to come over and join our conference? <laughs> like, let's really piss some people off. Obviously, no, not really. Uh, but yeah, ACC and Big Twelve. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, what would you guys do different? I know for ACC, you know, I mean, they're not like a big heavy hitter or anything, but, you know, they haven't done anything since they went to this conference anyway. But I would probably hit up West Virginia and be like, hey, man, why don't you come back over here? You know, hang out with us. Actually have some rivalries again. You don't have any rivalries anymore. You, you've been irrelevant. You know, so it's not like a big splash move, but I'd probably hit that up. I mean, what about you guys? Big Big 12 especially, that's, there's a lot of potential there. I mean, you're already getting four schools. Do you just kind of ride that out do you, or do you stay aggressive? think it depends right if the sec is able to pull florida state clemson miami north carolina virginia um all of those teams or even some of those teams especially those big three florida state clemson and miami if they're the sec are able to pull those away from me i'm in panic mode at that point true um because my top three teams that pretty much produced all of my revenue is gone yep so then it's debating the same thing with the pac-12 right do I just go ahead and shut the doors and collect revenue or do I take the risk and pull in a Hawaii or somebody from the FCS level uh, up and seeing what I can do with it? So, well, regardless of the situation, the big 12's conference is not, it's not going to be a power conference as it is. No. Um, I think, <laughs> I think at this point, I think you could take leftovers. Like, let's just say that, you know, let's just say Clemson, let's just say it's just Clemson, Florida state, Miami. Um, and of course, North Carolina could be one of them. 
you still have some good schools. You still, have, if, if Virginia, Virginia Tech decide not to go, if they if they decide to stick with the ACC, or they can merge with the Big Twelve, they can go along with West Virginia. I mean, it just there, something's gonna get something's gonna have to give at this point. But I think it just depends on what moves these other schools are willing to make, because it's like we said earlier, uh, the rumor has it is that North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Miami are gonna are gonna shift to the SEC. So let, let's just see what happens. I mean, but because like I said, what's what's gonna be these schools' next move? Like, what's gonna be their next move? They could they stay with their own conference, perhaps. Um, but as far as football revenue wise goes, not as much. Um, it, it would probably be smarter to join another conference. Uh, the Big 12 isn't the greatest conference to me, besides the Pac-12. Right now, it's the weakest of the Power Five. Um, so I mean, mm. you're not going to make it any stronger. But yeah, I just, I just don't. Yeah, that's just me. I mean, I think right now it's because I think it's clearly the SEC and then the Big Ten, and think, I think right now it's everybody else. Now, is the Big 12 as weak as the Pac-12 and ACC? No, I don't think so. Because, in my opinion, I can name off four or five teams that contend every single year for that conference's championship and has a discussion to get put into a, a, a New Year's Six, if not the championship game, depending on things. When ACC, they have, what, two schools? Maybe. Pac-12 hasn't had a team in, in discussion in how long? So, I mean, I think right now it's pretty much SEC Big 12, I mean, SEC Big 10, Big 12, and then everybody fucking else is just debating. How many How many Big 12 schools have been in the college football playoff? I mean, not very many. I mean, you've got Oklahoma, what, twice? One. One. That's it. No one, none of them have been in the pack. None of them have been in the, in the. ACC's got one, but ACC's only had one team. Pac 12's I don't has only had one team. So I mean there's not really much difference there. So you but, have to go to the next kind of breakdown, which is gonna be how many teams are, are contending each and every year. And I think that's in my opinion, the Big Twelve has the has the up on the ACC and Pac twelve. And to give to give some d- defense to that, while I agree hundred percent, Oklahoma's been the Big Twelve. I mean that no shit they have. Uh yo, Baylor and Oklahoma State, man, they haven't been bad teams for these past few years. Like, especially no. last year. They they balled out last year. So they're gonna be the ones to carry that torch going forward for the uh, you know, for the Big Twelve once Oklahoma and Texas ends up leaving. So I mean that's that is something to watch there is see what is see how much Baylor can continue to capitalize. Cause man, I love that guy they got down at Baylor. Dave Arnada, is that his name, I believe, as the head coach? I may have mispronounced his last name, but I, I think Arnada I or something like that. Yeah, I, I think I think at least Baylor. You know, I know, man. I, Oklahoma State still got you know. I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, they still got him rocking over there, and he's still just doing his thing. But like, you know, give give it a little bit more time, man. Especially in Baylor's case with this new new coach in there. I think this is his first, no, maybe second or third year at Baylor. I could be wrong. Uh, you know, I, I think they're gonna that that is something to watch. You know, just to give the, now the rest of the Big Twelve, they stink. Now, granted, they're getting some teams. Well, at least, you know, UCF and Cincinnati and BYU has been kind of notable. Houston had, like, hey, we got, like, ranked, like, you know, 19th. You know, they had, like, that level of nobility. But, you know, I think Big 12 could could get some growth going in the next few years. Big 12, like I said, the Big 12 is, look, is looking for a little bit more growth because these smaller schools are, like I said, they're, cut, they're actually coming in. Yeah. So the ACC is the ones that really they're, – they're the ones that really have to worry about it. Yeah. And for the record, ACC's had two teams in the football playoff Florida, Florida State. State was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, now finishing it up, SEC and Big Ten. Do you guys stay aggressive, aggressive as shit, or are you satisfied with where you're at? Satisfied, but I'm not aggressively going out and getting these teams because these teams are going to contact me. Fair. I mean, if I'm the Big Ten and SEC, these teams are contacting me. Um, my my job at that point would just be how much money can I get? Yeah, pretty much. I, I'm, I would 100% agree with Shane on that one. You You let them call you. That's I 100% agree because there is one school that is out there that's look that look sounds like it's been left out to dry that I would take in a heartbeat at any conference and that's Duke University. I know they don't drive much revenue in, in football, uh, but they do draw revenue in other sports. So Fair. I mean, if I'm if I'm any any of these conferences, I would yeah. But even then, I would let them call. I would let them call me before uh, before I call them. Yeah, I agree. And it's going to be interesting to see if that is the approach they take, where if they both just like, you can call me, or if they be, if they are, if they stay aggressive, because right now it's big 10 versus sec. So, you know, that, you know, that's where it's going to be interesting to see if how much they're going to continue to stay aggressive where it's like, cause they are fully competing with each other because like, I mean, if let, let's say, um, you know, SEC get makes the move, and then let's say they get like you know a Clemson, uh, FFSU, or a Miami or whatever. Just to give examples, that's when you could see maybe Big Ten be like, "Hey, Oregon, you know, sure, why not? Oregon, Washington, let's go. You know, we'll make pots. Let's do it. You know, and that that's where you're gonna who's gonna make the move first? Who's gonna accept who first? You know what I mean? Because uh, sure. that's what's going to be interesting to watch. And what's also going to be interesting to watch about it is I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be the Big Ten being more aggressive because you have to look around the room and you have to look at the SEC and look at their conference as a whole. And you look at the big 10 conference as a whole. We know who's the top. We know, I mean, the, the mediocre teams for the big 10, like if we just consider big 10 as its own thing, its own ecosystem and look at name off all the mediocre teams, man, those mediocre teams don't compare to the damn mediocre teams in the SEC. They just don't. All right, I mean, Northwestern, Purdue, couple examples, Rutgers, Maryland, they don't compare to the other to the Minnesota. mediocre teams. Minnesota, thank you. Well, they had like one year or two years of decency, and now they're crap again. But different point. Uh, you know, Illinois as well. They they always stink. Sad that Lovey Smith couldn't bring them around, but different story. Um, but and also, you know, we I just realized this. We have failed to mention one very very important name in this whole conversation, and that's like. I feel like Big Ten, like ACC, those being the two that are kind of in the waiting game for this, is what is Notre Dame going to do? Are they going to stay independent, or are they going to end up making a move finally? That's something that that's still, I feel like, probably being watched. And I feel like that move alone is potentially why the Big Ten just haven't automatically accepted you know, Oregon and Washington State, is what is Notre Dame going to do in football? Stay independent or, or what? So this is so Big Ten was actually my was actually my assignment. So I actually wrote this down. So we mentioned we mentioned Minnesota, we mentioned Northwestern, we mentioned Rutgers. You could take those three schools and take them out of the Big Ten, kick them out of the Big Ten, and make them go somewhere else. Which I know they have contracts and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, pay them off and go. Add Duke, add Syracuse, and add Notre Dame to the Big Ten, and you're going to be even stronger than what you were just by even with football. You're going to be stronger than what you were with those three teams and what you would by getting rid of those uh, schools I just mentioned. That's true. That is fair. Because, like, the schools that you mentioned, man, they, they just don't do anything. You know, congratulations, Purdue. You got, like, two upsets they, last year. But other than that, you stink. Like <laughs> They can go to the MAC. They dude, can go to the MAC. Yo, bro, they would be so good in the MAC. 
They would. <laughs> they would be so good in the Mac attack, man. I w- I'm here for that. Purdue to the Mac. Let's get it. Dude, they would be perfect in there. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. But no, I, I feel like when it comes to those two, we're going to see Big Ten potentially be the one to be more aggressive because they, they know they're number two. You know, they know they're not number one. While they have, like, their, while their top schools, yeah, could compete with the top schools in the SEC. But the problem is, like I said, the mediocre talent in SEC blows the door off, you know, of the mediocre talent in the Big Ten. And that's what it comes down to. Because you look at the SEC, like, even coming into this year, you got a lot of teams that are going to be making some making some moves. You know what I mean? We have, obviously, you know, Alabama and Georgia being the givens. Uh, you have South Carolina that could potentially really make a move. You have Kentucky that looked pretty solid last year. You have Arkansas that's going to have, be poised for a pretty solid year. You know, and then there's other schools that could be in the mix there with both the Mississippis, uh, Texas A&M, even though I think they're very horribly overrated, but, yeah, I still feel the need to, uh, to mention are. them. Uh, you know, Tennessee could honestly make some make some splash this year. You know, I mean, that, that and, you know, then you look at the Big Ten, it's like, all right, yeah, you got ben, you got Penn State that's going to be really good for a while, then fizzle out, lose one game, and there goes their season. You got Ohio State that's probably going to go undefeated besides maybe one game. Same thing with Michigan State. Michigan's going to be Michigan. Uh, Iowa's going to be solid for a little bit and then get the doors blown off of them, and then that's pretty much it. That's your Big Ten. Congratulations. You know, Nebraska's been a non-factor since they've, you know, went to the Big – they got all this power in the Big 12. They go to the Big Ten. They've been a non-factor since. Wisconsin's been a non-factor for years. So the Big Ten's going to be the one to be more aggressive and make – and potentially, you know, I think they're waiting on Notre Dame right now, figure out what Notre Dame's going to do before they make the move for Oregon and Washington. But no, what you said is a good play too. You know, maybe get Syracuse in there. You know, Duke, Notre Dame. That's big moves. That's big. Now, moves. what if a move comes in like Notre Dame comes in? They somehow release those three teams to different conferences, and then Oregon and Washington. I still in. think. Like, it, I think as far as football wise yeah. go, I think pulling in Oregon and Washington is definitely gonna be a lot better move than pulling in Duke and Syracuse football wise. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely agreed. Yeah. No, I mean, do, like we're going to continue to see these moves over the next couple of years. I mean, just with everything that's already happened and the NIL being a massive factor. So like, we are, like I'm telling you guys, we are in the off season of an NCAA video game dynasty right now. Like we're just having fun with the conference realignment, which I love doing myself, but I love doing it strictly on geography. Like I, I, the last time I was, I, pl- I was playing NCAA, I rearranged the entire NCAA by like where they are. And I got to say that was fascinating to watch i know it never like work in, in real life but it was so fascinating to watch all these random schools all of a sudden like oh look at that look look at who's like number six in the nation shout out to them <laughs> like it was fascinating it was it was fun to watch but uh boys if with all that said i feel like we can go ahead and probably look to wrap up the show unless you guys have something else that you want to shout out with all the conference stuff anything else in your mind I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I think I think that was I think that's good enough for the first for the first week. Okay, bet. All right. Well, I'm gonna hit the music right now. So now I hit the music. All right, we're good. Hit the music, boys. Last thoughts, and then I'll close this out. Tyler, you suck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, kidding. yeah. I'm just kidding, Tyler. I mean, yeah, Tyler. I hope uh, you know we see you back at some capacity at some point. Love you, man. Um. As far as season goes, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready to see what these quarterbacks do. I'm ready to see what these teams do. Ready to be depicting on week to week and things that, like that as far as we go, as far as commentating on, on the football year. Excited to have Ricky along with us for the drive and uh, ready to get going. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here, Shane. I'm, I'm glad to be on here with you guys. And like I said, Shane, I've known you for, we've known each other a while now, and I, I think this is going to be a good thing. Uh, shout out to Tyler, though. You know, you know, good luck on your next journey, whatever, whatever that is. Uh, even though I am very upset that you were kind of my agent to get me on here, and now you're gone. But that's man. okay. You know, that's he's okay. Reason, I mean, you know, oh he, man, he's, he's the, the whole reason why I met Alex and got on the show. So, yeah. so you know, but I'm but. and I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to working with you, uh, with you, Shane, and with you, Alex. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna kick this season off right. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a great year, y'all. Yeah. Right here. I am looking forward to it. I'm beyond excited for this team. I'm beyond excited for this show. Here in two weeks, kicking off with live shows right here at youtube.com forward slash sparky3. Uh, every Tuesday about five-ish. I'm, I'm just going to stick with the ish. The ish is a safe bet. Five-ish be going live every Tuesday. Super excited for it. Uh, if you made it all the way to the end, we cannot appreciate you enough. Thank you. Shout out to Tyler, of course. Appreciate everything that you've done for this show. You're a legend. Uh, make sure to go check out our website, sparky3.com. You can sign up for free or sign up five bucks a month to support us for We'd appreciate that. Join the Discord. If you want to be part of these live shows, come in and chat with us. Propose a question. Propose a talking point. Give your thoughts on how terrible your team did or how great your team did. Definitely join the Discord. Communicate with us in that capacity. Uh, check out Rogue Energy. Referral link down below. Promo code SPARKY3 or promo code RAZOR E3 for 10% off. Uh, as well as check out our other sponsors like Swift Grips. Get the best grips in the game. Protect your grips. Protect those sticks, man. Or get the grips. Protect your sticks. That's the one that I'm trying to go with. I'm making it like a sex joke. Uh, promo code GAMESTHETIC for 10% off that. As well as you use the referral link down below for Red Dragon. Pick up a new keyboard, mouse, whatever. Promo code GAMESTHETIC for that as well. With all that said, boys, you got to do it with me. I know we're on Discord, but we got to do it together. We got to do it together, okay? With all that said, thank you so much for listening to a terrible football, terrible show. football show. Close enough. See you guys. See you guys.